are two friends trying to gain perspective on the remarkable world around us. I'm Jet Jones. I'm Mackenzie DeMaio. And this is Friends Fascinated. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to review and subscribe. This episode, we are going to do a deep dive into ghosts. Reminds me of our topic this week, which is ghosts. Because people sometimes fear the ghosts. ghosts. Yep. And it's kind of a, a touchy subject because not everyone believes in ghosts. It's true. But there are plenty of ghost stories and folklore. Were you taught to believe in ghosts as a kid? Like, did your parents think ghosts were real? Because mine were like, nope, not a thing. Not real. It's all what? fake. Yeah. Fake. Yeah, no, not my, I mean, actually, yes, I was kind of conditioned to believe that ghosts were real. Like, my dad believes in ghosts. Like, hardcore, he's had a couple situations where he was like, oh yeah, a ghost visited me that one time. Mm -hmm. Like, he, one of the houses he had as a child, their basement was built on top of a Native American burial ground, and he claims he saw one when his brothers were mean and locked him in the basement or something once, and he saw it in there. And then another time when, I think... I want to say it was a niece, or not niece, a nephew of his crashed their motorcycle and died. He said that he was visited by that passed away person that night before he even knew the person was dead. Whoa. Yes. Very interesting. That, yeah, kind of gives me chills. Yeah, I was raised to believe that ghosts were not real. Same with, like, aliens and anything like that. It was all just... But isn't there, like, so I know you were raised more religious. Isn't there, like, spirits and, like, ghosts? In the Bible? So there's, like, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost who is, like, Oh, yeah, they say ghost. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't don't know the difference. I don't have a good grasp on what the Holy Spirit (laughs) is as a being. Is it just an idea? It's the Trinity. Yeah, there's, like, God, Jesus, who is the Son, and then the Holy Spirit, who is, like, I don't know, the essence of God. (laughs) Yeah, that could be. But not an actual ghost, I guess. I've never had a good grasp on what that all means. But yeah, and so in the Bible, there's like examples where angels will come and visit people. And the way they describe it is what I would imagine a ghost to be like, where they're kind of like floating and they don't seem real and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's all in the Bible, but those are angels. They're not ghosts. And so... I, I don't know why that was something I, maybe, and who knows, maybe it was something I was just told so that I wouldn't have nightmares about ghosts. Well, but. so mine was the opposite. So my dad was very much like, this is a thing, it's kind of spooky, but it's like also really intriguing and cool. So it wasn't like a thing where it was like, I thought to be scared. Yeah. But on my mom's side, their family was very religious in their upbringing, and her dad, so my grandfather, who mm-hmm. I didn't really know or meet, um... He instilled in all of the children to, like, not subscribe or, like, like yeah. partake in anything that could be deemed demonic. And so, See, I think that's part of it. Exactly. So things like scary movies or hauntings or even, like, scary stories. Like, the, basically the rule of thumb was, like, don't mess with it and it won't mess with you. So you don't have to be worried about those things unless you're partaking in, hmm. like, 
spooky stuff. So for me, yeah. it was like two sides of the spectrum. Where my, <laughs> it's like you can either be super terrified of this thing going mm-hmm. on or you can like kind of accept that it's a thing. But both of my parents, although like skeptical and still kind of like, eh, could be, were both kind of like, but you also don't want to be possessed, and also they could visit you, so... <laughs> like, yeah, and I think, now that I'm thinking about it, part of it is that religion, at least the religion I was raised on, it's like you either go to heaven or hell, so the idea of people who have died just kind of lingering somewhere besides those two places is kind of contradictory, Yeah, I think. So I could see why that's part of it, and I was definitely raised like, witchcraft is bad, you don't deal with like the demonic stuff yeah um magic like if you don't mess with it it won't mess yeah. with you type of thing yeah and i i feel like probably everyone is aware of ghosts and what they are but for anyone who is not it is basically the spirit of a dead person or animal that appears to be alive and i think pretty much everyone at least my experience with ghosts is almost entirely like movies and tv shows mm-hmm. that's the way it's been portrayed to me that's the main reason I can think of that I know what those things are but it really can vary anywhere from being something that's completely invisible to something that's completely lifelike yeah and anywhere in between whether it's like a mist or like a fuzzy like yeah or like kind of a translucent figure or I've heard a lot of the time people call them like shadow figures or or shadow I don't think I've heard that. Manifestations a lot of the time. Yeah, so it's thought to be created at the time of death, and at least most instances that I've seen, it's usually like they're wearing the clothes they died in and that kind of thing. And I know one thing that I've heard a lot and seen in movies is like, oh, if a ghost touches you, it's like a cold feeling. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that is. But yeah, it can range. And I've always been confused, and I think most people probably are, by the concept that in movies, ghosts... They can walk through you. They can thro- walk through walls, but sometimes they can touch things mm-hmm. and, like, knock stuff over. But also, why don't they fall through the floor? If they can walk through walls, why don't they fall through the floor? I guess. In, like, a two-story it's house. Intentional. They I don't know. They can intentionally not go through the ground, but they can also intentionally go through the wall. I've always thought that was interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, and usually they're restricted to, like, a location or a person or an object that they're haunting, whether it's, like, a house or a specific area of land or whatever it may be. And so, yeah, a lot of movies portray it like it's a haunted house or a mansion or a See, church or I guess whatever. As you're talking, I'm realizing more actually how much exposure I had to mm-hmm. the idea of ghosts because something I had a stay at home dad and stuff we would do is like we would watch scary movies at home, like M. Night Shyamalan, all the way to like we would watch those TV shows. Oh, like, I would not um, have been allowed to watch. Yeah. I was allowed to watch like that. Tapped and um, Ghost Adventures, which are like basically the same type of show. Are a lot of those the ones that are shot in like night vision? Yes. So I've then, seen those as an adult, like in passing. Yeah. They they have like the EVPs and all these weird yep. like. What does that stand for? Electronic like, voice phenomenon. Oh, um, okay. Like recording systems. Yeah. Because I usually see them running around with stuff trying to catch like blips of i guess energy like orbs or talking. Um, they have like heat signal things so they can see if any energy is okay like warm in a peculiar area or whatever creepy but i feel like usually it's like a weird noise and it's like is that a word what are they saying what are they saying yeah that kind of stuff that yeah and there there's more like quote unquote advanced equipment now i don't remember what it was called but i know there's one 
that is like this box that you set on the ground that's like a radio and what it does is scan through all of the radio channels at like Ooh. a super high rate and then the ghost can manifest a word out of that to make the box say. So it will like stop on a channel That's a little bit longer. Interesting to think that there's a whole industry around this. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. And there's one other one which was really, really weird, which I guess I'll dive into my first like mini story, I guess. So, and this is an offshoot of the ghost adventures thing, which I will say the if you're an OG ghost hunter <laughs> type person, and this must have been at least like six to ten years ago, I don't know, when I was watching this stuff. Where the tapped guys, I think that's what they called themselves. Which Never heard of that, That was honestly. some sort of, it was like an acronym for, like, team of people who hunt <laughs> phenomena or something, you know. Oh, interesting. Something okay. like that. And they were kind of a group of middle-aged men who went out with all the same EVP or, like, equipment to hunt things down. And But they were very, like, they were a little, it's easy to get, like, wigged out when you're in a dark, supposedly well, yeah. haunted building with all this equipment well, trying I mean, to find ghosts. Yeah, exactly. It's like the whole, like, being afraid of the dark, monsters under the bed, like, exactly. that kind of stuff. So, they would, but they would be a lot more cool about it. But now, I'm pretty sure they're not filming anymore. I don't really keep tabs on it, but I don't think so. <laughs> but Ghost Adventures still records. Really? And just less than a month ago, they recorded an episode, like, four houses down from me. What? Uh, at the... Oh, you did the, tell me about that. You did tell me about that. At the, um... There's a hospital, uh, well, an old abandoned <laughs> hospital or, like, old hospice. Mm -hmm. It was a hospital that turned into, like, a... Like a Kind of a patient place. care, like, assisted living type place. And apparently what that hospital was built for was um, when influenza had a huge outbreak in this area, hmm. they housed like hundreds of people who ended up dying of the flu Oof. there so it well, is that's known, known as like a haunted hospital yes. because they actually used to do like a halloween haunted event tours. tour yeah. yeah and you could sleep in the haunted hospital Ugh, no too scary no, no, no. too scary so anyway they recorded a whole episode there and they had a new form of equipment that was like who invented that <laughs> because basically it was kind of like what you were talking well one of us was talking about where like they had some like sensor mm -hmm. and apparently it like would manifest shapes of energy so it wasn't oh. like it wasn't like a heat wave that you would see on the screen like what you'd see where you know it goes green to yellow to red and red yeah. is hot and blue is cold or whatever well that's interesting because yeah usually ghosts are portrayed as being cold yeah I don't know. Maybe because maybe it's the opposite. Then. Like the, it would, you'd I see a cold outline, or okay, I don't really okay. know how they use it. But hmm. this one that they use was something. Uh, and again, I watched Ghost uh, Ghost Adventures, or maybe the Tapped group was on Ghost Hunters, and these guys were Ghost Adventures. Anyway, no idea. The Ghost Adventures guys who were at the hospital near my house had this equipment where it was like this little handheld device that would show. Kind of like a stick figure on their screen of the energy that was there, Weird. like in scale of the room. So hmm. they were seeing this really small, like stick figure thing <laughs> on the screen. They're like, "Oh my god, something's there!" Stick figure. That, that, that like, would almost make it less scary. You'd exactly. be like afraid of a stick figure. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know all the mumbo jumbo about that stuff. It seems a little bit like a stretch to me. Yeah, it seems a little far fetched. I guess my take on the whole ghosts being real or not in my own adult opinion based on my own spirituality, I guess, because that ties into whether you believe in the afterlife or, like, energy, 
But something I've always talked about since I've kind of understood my view of the afterlife is that I believe when people pass away, their consciousness or their um, atoms or energy goes back and just kind of dissipates where it's needed within the universe. And so for me, it's not that I don't necessarily believe in like manifestations Mm -hmm. like those all of a sudden those atoms could maybe cluster together and like show themselves like to me it's like maybe 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 (laughs) but honestly like in my day-to-day life I'm not thinking oh there's a ghost in my house yeah type of thing well and like we both live in very old houses that like if if there were going to be haunted houses, they very well could and be ours. And if we thought that they were haunted, we probably wouldn't be living there. True. So I don't think we could believe that hardcore no. ghosts because my house is creaky and I feel like I would think there was ghosts in it all the time. And I just have really fat cats, so they would walk around <laughs> making creaky noises and think I'm haunted. So Yeah, no, I, I have never experienced something that I thought even could potentially be a ghost encounter. I know people who think they have had those types of encounters. I never have. I don't even know what that would be like. Truthfully, I haven't put that much thought into it, but I don't really necessarily believe in the idea of ghosts mm-hmm. because kind of like you said, I don't even know what that would be like. And I kind of, I haven't exactly established what I believe the afterlife to be, but I don't think that every single person that has died is living as a ghost. Yeah. And there are different theories of people that live as ghosts because either they're imprisoned on Earth for bad things they've or done. Or they have, like, a vendetta. Yeah, they're, they're like, vengeful ghosts. Yeah. yeah, so there are cases or beliefs that only some people become ghosts, but I don't think that makes sense either. And yeah. I think, truly, like, with... If I remember correctly, that there are more people on Earth that have died than that are currently alive by now. Yeah, that only makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> so with that logic, we'd there all would, there'd be there'd more be ghosts. ghosts everywhere. Yeah. There'd be more ghosts than people, and of course, everyone on the planet would have a ghost encounter. So yeah. I just, I can't wrap my head around it being true. So I guess I don't truthfully believe in ghosts, but I am intrigued by the idea, and it's so prevalent in media and horror movies and that kind of stuff that it's interesting to imagine how all of this evolved and why people believe it. But there are people that like purposefully try to talk to ghosts and talk to dead people. And I think part of that is closure. Like the idea of someone watching over you, uh, you know, if some, a loved one passed away, the idea that they're still with you in some way. Um, and especially like if you are creeped out and you feel a presence (laughs) like, Oh, it's just my dead husband. It's totally fine and totally normal. I'm not scared. Yeah. But Yeah, there are people that purposefully try to talk to ghosts through, like, a seance. And there's different ways that, different religions and things that believe that there are certain things you have to do to put a spirit to rest. Like, exorcisms is, like, crazy. What? Is Dakota and I were talking about baptisms today. Oh. And you might know a little bit more about this or, like, what the point of a baptism is. Mm -hmm. But we were talking about how, like, we're not necessarily subscribing to any form of religion per Mm -hmm. se and so it would feel kind of like fakerish to like (laughs) all of a sudden go to church that one time because we had a baby to baptize it oh people totally do that though i know but that just seems so strange to me like i wouldn't i don't think i would ever do that even though sure i would get a hundred side eyes by all mm -hmm. the people who i do know who are religious but it's like yeah i mean do you think because okay so i'll tell you what my interpretation of it is you can tell me if it's wrong but i was thinking is it because people think the baby would go to hell if it wasn't baptized 
because that's a whole lot of boo hickey to me. And sorry, people, I don't think babies go to hell. So I don't think for me I would strip them of the choice whether they wanted to be yeah. baptized when they could consent to that when they're older. Mm-hmm. Like I would never stop a kid. Like if they're like, I found Jesus and this is what I do. I would mm-hmm. be like, if you're not hurting anybody else, do you, kid? But like, I wouldn't feel comfortable just like forcing. I mean, it's not forcing a baby. It's very. It's a pleasant experience. It's a lovely <laughs> thing to do. I was baptized. Thanks, mom. Sounds great. But I don't know if I could do that. It does depend on their religion, but you're not wrong. There are religions that you are baptized as an infant because otherwise if you die, you're not like baptized and clean or whatever it may be and you could go to hell. The religion I was raised in was that you don't go to hell if you're not old enough to make the choice of what you believe in, which... I was always a little confused by, like, okay, at what moment in your (laughs) life do you go from being a baby who can't make a choice to being an old enough child to make a choice about what you believe? So were you baptized older? I think I was nine. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I wanted to be. Gotcha. Um, So, and, and that was pretty common with, like, the people I knew was that you were either baptized as, like, a little kid, like... Question. A were a lot of your friends baptized before you at that point? So you're like, no, Jessica was baptized, so <laughs> I want to be baptized. No, a lot of other kids were actually baptized at the same time, because usually the churches I went to, it was kind of like... They go to a river? No, it was actually at the church. The one I was baptized in, they had like a really... It was in California, so it was warm out, and they had a really big fountain in the front, and like big enough to swim in. Hmm. And so they would... Give you a dunk? Yeah, basically, and so they would basically, like, people would kind of line up and all do it individually, but, like, there yeah. was, it was usually kind of an event where a lot of people did it, and then the other church that I mainly went to, um, they had, like, a small, almost, kind of like the size of a big bathtub, where they would do it, and, like, anyone who was at church or who wanted to see could be there, um, but yeah, it's kind of the idea of, like, you're washing away your sins and you're kind of accepting God and mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. And in the religion I was raised in, you don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. Oh. It's more of like a way to say to the world, like, this is what I believe and I'm stripping my old self of my old life almost. Is that called born again Christian or I don't know? What yes. That is. But I don't think you have to be baptized to necessarily be a born-again Christian. But, oh. yeah, that's, like, Because yeah. that's, that's, I always interpreted the born-again Christian thing means you either get baptized a second time when you truly decide <laughs> you want to, like, be religious as mm-hmm. an older, coherent person. Or, yeah, that's basically all I thought it was. But I wasn't sure. So that's interesting. Yeah, the religion I was raised in did not baptize infants. But I think Catholics is one that does that. Hmm. Well, I, I mean, I was Lutheran, and we were. Oh, really? As babies. So oh, okay. Lutheran, I don't know anything about it, but I think they're kind of more, uh, kind of offshoot, just Christianity. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of them are a little bit more strict. I don't really know. Okay. So anyway, but I was baptized as a baby, and so was my sister. But okay. again, I feel like a lot of the time it's kind of like a spectacle, and it's just like a thing that people do. Yeah. So, like, I my think parents it's more did like... not go to church. I mean, okay, I went to Sunday school here and there. I, I like Methodist honestly like I think a lot of parents are doing it 
because either their family feels mm-hmm. like it's really necessary Grandma or... says you're getting baptized, so you're getting baptized. <laughs> Basically, like, yeah. I don't want to upset the rest of the family, so I'm just going to do this. And it's kind of like you don't want to take any chances on if your yeah, baby so does die. You don't want to yeah accidentally send them to hell. Dakota and I were talking about that. Like, it's almost kind of creepy, like, this weird vibe that, like, if you don't what happens to the baby and it's like oh my god here we go another can of worms yeah this is like a whole spiral if you if you want it to be but yeah and I think some people probably it's kind of like oh I am a good religious person even though you haven't set foot in that church in years yeah like I don't know so I I'm everyone does it for their own reason and more power to you if that's what you believe that's great but it's not something we know much about I guess yeah interesting yeah so moving on from dead babies (laughs) yeah yeah uh, a lot of ghost-related activities are kind of ritual magic, uh, things like exorcisms and seances to either talk to dead people or to get rid of demons or, I guess, bad ghosts, things like that. Ghosts, uh, like I said, they typically haunt specific places, and I've always wondered, like, is there a border? <laughs> like, if <laughs> you're you, really if putting you, a, a, like, a... I, I want to know the, the logistics of how this happens. Like, yeah, I want to know the boundaries, because... There is a lot of gray area. <laughs> but yeah, like, if, if someone died in your house and haunted your house... Like, I thought about this with... Okay, you love the movie A Ghost Story. Mm-hmm. And so, in this movie, this ghost is haunting this house, but he also goes outside the house. So, is he haunting the property line? Is he... Like, he never leaves the property. See, but eventually the house is gone. Yeah. Where's the boundary? So, mainly... Because I want to die on a 20-anchor piece of land, yeah. if that's the case. <laughs> but all he did, though, he, like, died, was in the hospital, then he traveled back there. But he that's didn't, true. he didn't go anywhere else, though. But he didn't die that. in the house, even. No. It's weird. Outside of the house. kind of weird. But for me, I guess I'm definitely more of, like, a in a hippy-dippy loose mindset about what it is. And I'm like, no, tell me the facts. <laughs> yeah. Where is the line? What is the age? Like, yeah. I, I like to know that kind of stuff. So, I don't, I don't know. It's definitely one of those things where you just won't ever know. True. And I don't think... For me, it's much more of a loose energy type understanding. And I have some, like, little snippets of that that we can talk about later. About, like, why psychologically maybe people could believe in ghosts. Or, like, experience something that they think is a ghost. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm I, kind I of have here some to, to do a little debunking, too. To just kind of... Yeah warm us up to those ideas but I don't think it's definitely not like if you have a pool in your backyard you will have a ghost or something. <laughs> that's good <laughs> hmm, interesting yeah according to a study done by the Pew Research Center 18% of Americans believe they have seen ghosts that's not that many actually it's not but it's also like nearly a million a people yeah like, that's a lot of people. And I can think of a few people I know that mm-hmm. say they have seen ghosts or believe they have had an experience with a ghost. Like so. me? M- maybe. Have you? I think, so, I can't remember if I in-depth told you this story I don't once, remember either. And then another time. So, the house that I'm living in now is not the oldest house I've ever lived in. I, growing up from third grade until I was done with high school, I was in a house that was built in 1913 and it was built out in the countryside of Cuna, Idaho. It was built, I want to say, on Locust Grove Road, which was probably, I don't know, a solid five miles outside of like downtown Cuna, I guess. So it was was kind of on the outskirts of town 
and I think it was a farmhouse. It was craftsman style, very beautiful. And either someone liked it so much or they, um, I can't quite remember the story, but there was a family, a farm family, who had lived in that house for generations, hmm. at least I think two at that point. And I can't remember if they, they sold it to someone else or they liked it so much they moved it in the city. But I think what happened is they sold it and those people picked that house up and moved it over, which is kind of crazy. It, Weird. I didn't know you could, like, just, like, lift up a house and take it somewhere. And I don't think you can to a lot of houses, like ones yeah. with maybe really good foundations or um, basements. Hmm. But they basically put it on stilts and hauled it to where our plot of land was, which was right across the street from the high school, in kind of like a unzoned kind of farm lane, I guess. We all had, like, five-acre parcels on this, like, little cul-de-sac, I guess. And anyway, so it was the oldest house I had lived in at that age. Again, I was only, what, like, nine or ten because I was in third grade. And, of course, you kind of think, ooh, it's old. It's kind of spooky. And, again, my dad was always a little bit more, like, paranormal-minded. <laughs> and yeah. he was very interested in that it was older and that it had a history. So we always were kind of aware of that. But we weren't a very outgoing family in general, so we didn't really know any history per se. I mean, when you buy the house, of course, you know – we knew that it had been moved before and put to where it was then. And so basically what happened was I lived in the house um, maybe just a couple of years, maybe maybe about three or four, I guess. And at that time, my parents got divorced. My dad moved out and my mom and myself and then my best friend and her mom lived down the street. They took, they hauled a whole bunch of their stuff down and we had like a little neighborhood yard sale in Mm. our yard and a man showed up and it was pretty unassuming he was like this very tall old like I'm talking 80 years old limped with like a cane and he was wearing overalls and big old work boots and just like a big long like white t-shirt basically you have told me yeah it's been a couple years yeah and we didn't really think much of it but then he said oh I can't believe it, but this was my house. And he was like, this used to be out on like Locust Grove. I think that's the road, Locust Grove Road. And this is this must be where the new owners moved it. I never thought I'd see it again. I just stopped because I saw your yard sale sign. And then he started talking to us about the house and how like you could tell he was basically mystified about how wonderful they thought the house was. And he started telling us weird stories about how like, snakes would come out of the chimney ah (laughs) yeah and I at the time it sounded creepy but he kind of played it off like oh it was just because like the I mean like oh there was this logical reason (laughs) yeah like oh there's some reason snakes would be coming out of the chimney and kind of infested infesting the house so anyway that was a thing and then he kind of just talked about Again, I was pretty young, and I was hanging out there with my friends. I don't remember a ton, but I remember just, like, making note of this guy. And my parents, I think, were a little bit shook up about it. Like, they were, again, my dad is kind of a historian type guy, so my mom kind of gave him the lowdown when, I think, between passings of my dad dropping me off at my mom's house, she's like, oh, yeah, this guy stopped by. And so me and my mom kind of filled him in on the history, and my dad thought it was really interesting, but we didn't think too much of it I guess and a couple of weeks later I went out and so that this is my only like 
paranormal thing that I've ever seen or thought I'd seen. And so every day, if either I missed the bus or something happened, I would call up my dad because he didn't work and he could come pick me up. And I went out to the garage because he came in the house because that's where I used to live. So he was very comfortable just coming in and kind of waiting for me to finish getting ready before we ran out the door. Mm-hmm. And I walked out to the barn, which well, I guess was just a garage where we parked our cars, but it was a barn. And I saw under my mom's car two big, huge work boots that were those guys' work boots. Like, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, I knew. But the weird part was, you know the Pontiac? It yeah. ain't that big. But I was... Oh, true. He didn't have an upper half. Like, you, it was like I saw the boots standing there, like, waiting, like, at the pa- on the opposite side of the car, but there was no person standing in the window or anything. And then we... I screamed and ran inside. I Again, I don't really remember why... I went out to the barn for something. I did. Was I, it usually locked? No. But my dad was like super freaked out for me. Uh, and yeah. I could imagine as a parent, if your kid says, I saw an effing ghost and I'm scared, they'd be like, that's really effing terrifying because I'm responsible for you. And I guess well, I have to go Well, and also like, oh, what if it's an actual <clears throat> human exactly, person? Exactly. Exactly. So that's what he thought. Ugh. And so he went out there and checked and like scoured the barn. And we had two huge barns to look through. And I looked through all of those, and I think I was a couple hours late for school because it was just a traumatic It's terrifying to think of having to be the parent and be, like, totally chill, but also, like, looking for either a a ghost or a man hiding in your barn. And I can remember him kind of being like, anybody can wear those work boots. It's probably not that guy, but maybe he came back here because he misses the place. I'll go check it out. Lock the door. Stay inside. Ah! He came back. Nothing was there. There were no boots. There were no legs. Nothing was there. And so I was pretty freaked out because I'm like, oh, that's cool. Just a ghost. Yep. And the weird part is, again, I saw the guy while he was alive. But he was also very old and looking like he was on his way out. So I don't know if <laughs> that he time, died. <laughs> if he died or ah. if he was alive or if maybe he was so manifested and showed himself so well that everybody thought he was alive when we saw him at the garage sale Ooh. or whatever. But, anyway, that is not the end of that. Oh, my gosh. Because it's even scarier. Uh, About a year later, my dad comes to drop me off at my mom's house, and he says, stay in the car, right when he pulls up. Because my mom worked nights, and at that time, my sister had gone to college, and so he was dropping me off. And he saw someone in our backyard. He saw big, huge work boots (gasps) with pants. And so... We had our whole, like, we had a chain link fence, and then inside of the fence was a whole bunch of bushes. Mm -hmm. And the bushes were grown up enough to where, like, they had kind of grown together, but at the bottom you could see the trunks of the the bushes. So you could see through kind of like the windows at the bottom of the bushes. Well, he saw legs running out of the backyard, (gasps) like, towards the barn area. Yeah. And then he said, like, stay in the stinking car. There's someone in the backyard. He ran, he ran out, tried to chase whatever was there, and nothing was there. <laughs> I'm starting to wish we didn't record at night. <laughs> so anyway, ah. it's spooky, but I lived in that house for a couple more years after that, and nothing really happened. 
So, mm, I don't know. I don't like this. Yeah, isn't that freaky? <laughs> yes. Like, you gotta wonder if Ugh. it was that guy or... Either he was, like, hanging around your house, missing the place, or haunting it. Yeah. But, uh, if you can remember, he didn't used to be able to sprint because he had a cane. <gasps> So it was like he was like running through the yard. So anyway, again, all of these instances, it was like I saw boots and I ran out, or my dad like thought he saw someone sit there and running. stare at a ghost. Exactly, know for sure. Exactly. So again, Ooh. it's one of those things where even though I had those experiences and at the time, again, you could blame it on a lot of things like parents going through a divorce, stressful times, and maybe. All of us were upset about dropping off and being picked up and the move and all sorts yeah. of stuff going on that it makes you wonder what had our Oof. emotions so high about those yeah. sorts of things. Well, and it's interesting because, like, the overwhelming consensus of science is that ghosts don't exist. Yeah. And their existence is impossible to falsify and ghost hunting is is considered a pseudoscience. Like, it's yeah. not real. Yeah. Um, but research has indicated that ghost sightings may be related to degenerative brain diseases like Alzheimer's. Hmm. Which kind of makes sense if you think of a case where you'd be seeing someone who was no longer alive. Like a, a loved one. dead people. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh, and so, historically, there are certain toxic and psychoactive plants that have long been associated with necromancy in the underworld uh, and they have been shown to contain certain compounds that are pharmacologically linked to dementia as well as historical patterns of neurodegeneration so basically like yeah if you see ghosts there might be something wrong with your brain. Yeah. So, like, legitimately, if you do think you see ghosts, especially regularly, maybe go to a doctor <laughs> just to be safe. Just check to make sure you're not But like you said, it could also be, like, stressful times. Mm-hmm. I legit, like, I have had dreams that I thought were real, so I could see where it could happen where I dream of a ghost uh, or like I dream and then like in the time where you're waking up you're yeah like, oh. you're like no I, I legit saw a ghost but you actually were just dreaming of a ghost in your room so I found this that pairs nicely with this so I'll read this little oh, blurb no, I'm scared I found. to dream I, tonight oh, <laughs> no so this doesn't have to do with dreams okay. but it is about the brain okay so frightened witnesses all over the world have seen shadow people these dark beings are glimpses out of the corner of the eye that only vanish when confronted Many believe them to be demons, some think they're astral bodies, and some say they're time travelers. Oh. There for a second and then gone, which... I'd never thought of that. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. That's interesting. Okay, so Swiss scientists electrically stimulated an epileptic patient's brain, and things got really spooky. Spooky. The patient reported a shadow person sitting behind her, copying her every move. When she sat up, it also sat up. When she bent forward and grabbed her knees, it reached around her body and held her. The doctors then told her to read a card, but the shadow person tried to take it out of her hand. What happened was that the scientists had simulated the left temporoparietal junction, the part of the brain that defines the idea of self. By interfering with the area that helps tell the difference between ourselves and others, The doctors screwed up the brain's ability to understand its own body, thus leading to the creation of a copycat shadow person. Researchers are hoping that this is the key to understanding why so many people 
both schizophrenic and healthy, encounter shadow beings and creatures like aliens. Whoa. So it's like your brain just isn't computing correctly. Yeah. And could be the reason. What's scary to me is that some little chemical or biological reaction and connection can determine the difference between you thinking you're you or a stinking shadow man. Because to me, everything that we believe about friggin' the afterlife or like what I said about energy or associating with oneself or Mm -hmm. the consciousness, like that all goes away because it's like if your brain is just like making that crap up because it wants to, because it's like a survival mechanism, then uh, it might just be doing that. That's really scary to think about your brain just kind of like making stuff up because one little thing might be a little bit off or you're hallucinating. (laughs) And like there were things like um, reports um, linked to carbon monoxide poisoning could cause hallucinations that could be thought of as ghosts. Yeah. Which is scary to think like, oh, um, you're seeing things? Well, also it's because maybe your house is slowly poisoning you Mm -hmm. or something terrifying. Yeah. Oof. Definitely. I think if there's a difference. So I've been in times of my life where I have thought about either demons or aliens or ghosts so Mm -hmm. much that, like, you start seeing it or being, like, uh-huh. so freaked out, you know, where you're just, like, I saw a shadow on a shadow because of a candle, therefore I'm haunted type of thing. <laughs> and I've been with friends who have been freaked out or have been dealing with hard times or yeah. deaths in the family where they believe those sorts of things. Well, and it builds. Like, if one person's talking about ghosts and scary exactly. stuff, like, you start to, like, get freaked out and then yeah. it builds. And then if you're thinking about it too much, you could dream about it and it, it becomes more and more present. Yeah. Spooky. Very spooky. What else you got? Often, ghosts could be regarded as omens, either good or bad. So I think that kind of goes along with angel sightings and things way long ago. And there are certain, kind of back to how people kind of summon spirits or talking to the dead and stuff, a common symbol, like one of the first things that comes to my mind, especially linked to movies, is Ouija boards. Mm -hmm. And so basically they're flat boards, for anyone who doesn't know, they're flat boards marked with numbers 0 through 9. They have the alphabet as well as um, the words yes, no, goodbye, and sometimes hello. And they also have other symbols and graphics sometimes. Basically there's a little heart-shaped piece of wood or plastic called a planchet. Yeah, that's that right? right. Okay. You put your fingers on the planchet and it is moved around the board to spell out words. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sometimes also called a talking board. And so I think kind of, at least my interpretation is the idea is that a lot of people do it at once and it moves itself yeah. kind of. And usually it's like, oh, who's doing it? Who's doing it? Yeah. If you did this by yourself and it was moving, that would be <laughs> really freaky. if you weren't touching it at all and or you were that. watching it from across yeah. the room, it's like, I'm just going to say my ABCs over here real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have never used one. Me either. Um, I actually read that, like, religions, specifically, like, Catholic and some Christian churches have warned, like, specifically warned against using Ouija boards. Yeah. <laughs> saying they can lead to demonic possession. Yep. See, that, so my mom's 
family was raised Catholic, and so her dad was Catholic, and he was the one who was like, don't mess with that crap, otherwise demons will get you. And it's like, oh, oh. So like you're inviting oh, them in. <laughs> exactly. So that's why, I mean, that's usually how those scary movies are based, is like yeah. some girl walks up to an attic, finds a Ouija board, and is like, oh, what is this, this letter is a game. name? Yeah, like, let's invite people over and do a seance to find out if Bill's going to ask me to the dance or whatever. <laughs> and then they all freaking die or something. Oh, um, but yes, I actually found something on Ouija boards that I thought was very interesting. I, I'm i trying to think. I don't think I've ever been a part of a seance, but... You don't I, think? Well... <laughs> I have not. I, I thought I, that'd be memorable. I knew someone with a Ouija board, and oh. I don't think she ever got... I don't think I... I, no. I don't think I'd want to. <laughs> yeah, I was like, nah, let's go play Briar Horses or Seriously. something. Um, but she was going through a hard time, and she had lost her mom, and I think her family was kind... They didn't have a, a religious background at all, from what mm-hmm. I interpreted, and so those sorts of things, I think, brought them at least a lot of curiosity. Yeah, and so like to being able to talk to the person. That yes, away. but it also was matched with a lot of like fear and like spooky feeling, you know, yeah. where people are in a group and they're like, "I'm really scared of this," and like, "Me too," type of thing. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I found some interesting information on Ouija boards and kind of again, this is kind of another debunk type thing of how this could be happening. So. Uh, and I guess it has a little bit of history too. And I'm reading this from listverse.com and, and the little title is called Scientific Explanations for Ghostly Phenomena. So one of them says, the spiritualist movement was pretty big in the 1840s and 1850s. It provided a way for people to talk to their dead loved ones. One method of communication was the Ouija board. And then did you talk about table tilting at all? I think no. So I had heard of this happening where I think on some of the shows I used to watch, like Ghost Adventures or the Ghost Hunters or whatever, they talked about haunted pieces of furniture because a lot of the time back in apparently the spiritualist movement, uh, people would sit around specifically like small tables and they would all Mm -hmm. like set their fingers, like two fingers on them. And if like, I think it was if the table moved towards you, there was someone trying to communicate with that person or, or something like that. Oh. Um, but I think it has me kind of thinking, I don't think I've ever done this where it's like light as a feather, stiff as a board, where people try I've to sit around that. a person and lift it with just like one finger each person and it's like oh. feels magic because you're lifting the person or something. Anyway, it's kind of like this hmm. group thing. And so, anyway, this one says... Another creepy method for interacting with spirits was table tilting. During a seance, people would gather around a table and place their hands on the tabletop. To everyone's surprise, the table would start moving by itself. But it might tilt upon one leg, levitate off the ground, or scoot around the room. So, con men were definitely involved in some of these incidents, but were these all these encounters frauds? Renowned physicist Michael Faraday wanted to find out. Through clever experimentation, Faraday discovered that the people were often moving thanks to the ideomotor effect. This is when the power of suggestion causes our muscles to move unconsciously. People expect a table to move, so they unintentionally move it. A similar event took place in 1853 when four doctors held an experimental seance. 
when they secretly told half of the participants that the table would move to the right mm. and half that it would move to the left, the table didn't budge. But when they told everyone it would move in one direction, the ideomotor effect struck again. The same principle applies to the Ouija board. It's our own muscles that are doing the spelling, not the spirits. Hmm. I believe that. Yeah. I, I guess, I don't know how I feel about muscles moving on their own, but there definitely is this, like, I don't know, there's just some sort of energy when people mm-hmm. start, and that's why, like, religion is so powerful and church feels so good and, like, everyone putting all of their energy in a certain literal or mental direction mm-hmm. that it can make things happen. You can move mountains with that. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. it's pleasant in some ways, or you could make it stinking creepy and levitate furniture <laughs> or whatever. But to each their own, I suppose. <laughs> Got any more history for me? Uh, I don't have any more history, but I had some general questions. Um, do you think that animals could have ghosts? By the logic of what we've learned. Like I said, I kind of, since I have this belief about atoms and energy leaving its body I do think in some ways that energy can never be destroyed so I do think having a presence or that energy or even if they're living in your mental space like not in a creepy way like (laughs) you're crazy or something but just like remembering them as a presence and how that manifests itself Mm -hmm. again is debatable but I would like to believe that all living organisms and cells and atoms all come and go the same way. Yeah. So, yes. I like that. What about you? I do. Yeah, I kind of the same with ghosts in general, is I don't necessarily think that animals become ghosts either, but I like the idea of kind of their any presence and wisdom and atoms is kind of pushed back into the earth and add some layer of wisdom and good energy. Yeah. Uh, do you think that, in theory, if ghosts are real, that they can talk to each other? Do you think there are ghosty oh. friends? Are they also fascinated? <laughs> I, so, again, this is going to be kind of repetitive, I suppose, but... This is the logic that they're real, though. But, real. so, I believe that, in some ways, ghosts and their, like, energy after we pass on does not die. Therefore... Yeah. In those ways, I do believe there is an afterlife in some sense. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that when we die, we associate with any sort of physical form. So if I believe there's a communication like, hey, Bill, (laughs) how's the ghost life hanging? He's like, oh, it's pretty floaty. (laughs) Pretty good. I don't know. Um, But I kind of, again, since I believe in the collective conscious of those things, I think there is interconnectivity and kind of an all-knowing peace and interconnectivity that happens Mm -hmm. when those atoms are floating back to where they want to (laughs) be cool what do you think i like the idea that they can communicate with each other and there's like a whole like ghost community that's just like operating like normal where they're just walking around (laughs) they're just in a different (laughs) dimension like yeah underground or over the top of us i guess just floating around talking but, I mean, realistically, no, probably not. But, like, I like that idea. Yeah. I think it sounds fun. I think our ghosts would be friends. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. Anything else? 
Oh, there was, so I'll go through a couple more debunking type things. We'll okay. see what I got here. Um, but I thought this one was super interesting. So again, this is from the list first. So here's another story. After seeing a gray ghost near his desk, researcher Vic Tandy was worried his laboratory might be haunted. But the next day, Tandy made an interesting discovery. While preparing for a fencing match, Tandy placed his sword in a vise. Then he noticed the blade was vibrating on its own. Huh. All of a sudden, everything clicked. He realized that the force causing his sword to shake was the same force haunting his lab. Vic Tandy was dealing with infrasound. Humans can hear sounds up to 20,000 hertz, but were unable to detect anything lower than 20 hertz. Hmm. So does that make sense? We can hear high-pitched sounds, but there are some low-pitched sounds that you can feel, but maybe not yeah, hear. Yeah, kind of like yeah. bass almost. So these silent noises are called infrasound, and while we can't hear them, we can feel them in forms of vibrations. Dr. Richard Wiseman says we can feel these waves, especially in our stomachs, and this can create either a positive feeling, such as awe, or a negative feeling, such as unease. In the right surroundings, this might have a sense of panic, which makes sense, you know? being creeped out and saying you have a pit in your stomach type mm -hmm. of thing. Like, that's actually just your stomach not with the right vibes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, infrasound can be produced by storms, wind, weather patterns, and even everyday appliances. Returning to Vic Tandy, after witnessing his wobbling sword, he had learned that a new fan had been installed in his laboratory. And sure enough, it was issuing vibrations of about 19 hertz. Since our eyeballs have a resonant frequency of around 20 hertz, the infrasound was vibrating Tandy's eyeballs and creating images that weren't really there. I don't like that. Isn't that crazy? Yes. So again, your Ooh. little little cells and your little brain could go haywire and you could be like, oh yeah, there's someone freaking creepy following me. And then you oh, could- Oh, your eyeballs vibrating. Yeah. Your Oops. eyes are vibrating. You're seeing things. Ooh. Your brain is doing something. You're seeing freaking things. And I would say that is equally as scary and spooky ghosty, whether there's an actual spooky ghosty or you just have to think that there is. Terrifying. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that it's debunked, but it's also like- But it's it, also freaky. It makes the truth me, is weird. Well, again, that brings me back to how Eric's hips hurt when, like, the weather comes. Maybe they're just, like... Maybe it's vibrations. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just imagine his hip bones as little wish bones vibrating Ooh. around, feeling those waves of whatever storms are brewing Yikes. on the horizon. So, I mean, there's a lot of debunking things, and you talked about carbon monoxide poisoning and people kind of hallucinating... There's people thinking that they see orbs, which are just like little dust particles picking up on flash photography. Mass hysteria can happen if, again, let's say a certain community is super religious or they believe a certain type of thing and something comes up and everybody freaks the heck out because of that collective energy. Like, I swear, with the right energy from a lot of people, they can project, like, visions into your own brain about what spooky ghost is there and if a yeah. hundred people are saying oh my god there's a ghost you're probably gonna be like oh where <laughs> like, I'm about oh, to the, run. it is moving funny over there yeah I think. Yeah, exactly. yeah you see it too so you never know and then on another like small scale level they think that ions might be playing a trick on us as well with spooky ghosties 
So, unfortunately, real ghost hunters don't carry proton packs. However, they do use tools such as an ion counter. The ion counter, well, counts ions. <laughs> as an ion is an atom with an uneven amount of protons and electrons. If an atom gains an electron, it becomes a negative ion, and if it loses an electron, it becomes positive. Ghost hunters go crazy over ions because they supposedly show paranormal presence. Some say a spirit's presence interferes with the normal ion count in the atmosphere, while others say ghosts draw upon ionic energy when they want to appear and scare people to death. <laughs> However, ion counters are really pretty lousy when it comes to detecting ghosts. Ions are caused by all kinds of natural phenomena like weather, solar radiation, and radon gas. So basically, comes down to how someone interprets the evidence. Scientists see ions and think natural, and ghost hunters see them and think paranormal. Interestingly, both positive and negative ions can affect our moods. Negative ions can make us feel calm and relaxed, while positive ones can give us headaches and make us feel lousy. This might explain why people who live in haunted houses describe feeling tired and tense as well as having headaches. Do, 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 do. Yeah, you might be like too close to the sun where you live <laughs> <laughs> or there's weird weather where you live. Huh. But anyway. Very interesting. Yeah, I feel like some of those things I did not know before this episode and now I know that if maybe I'm seeing something, it's not a ghost and I should... uh Pay attention Go to the to doctor <laughs> and uh, get your check brain for checked. New fans yeah. And <laughs> well, I will say the other things. What's creepy is so a couple years ago, and this is such a silly story. I was sitting on like a stoop waiting for Dakota to pick me up from U of I campus after class because we were sharing a car at the time, and I swore I saw something out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, nah, like I saw, I thought I saw something out of the corner of my eye, but it was a corner of the eye thing, so. Not going to trust that. I'm just sitting here. It was nothing. And then a couple minutes later, I see a squirrel in the same spot shuffling around. And from that point forward, I was like, I'm going to trust the corner of my eye because it saw something and I said, nah. So from here on out, if I see something out of the corner of my eye, it's real. So you saw something and you looked over and it wasn't there. Yeah. But, but then, then the next later, time I looked back, there was a squirrel. So it was like, he's, he was obviously like running around. Hanging out in the trees sitting next to me. But I don't know. It's kind of creepy. It's like yeah. now I have to trust my peripheral vision and say, if I saw something spooky-ooky, it must be there. Maybe, but it could also be like shadows or like a, a leaf squirrel flew by in a weird way or, yeah. I guess keep an eye on your surroundings. Trust your gut. Check everything else out too. Yeah. And I don't think... Again, we didn't really talk about demons or that sort of paranormal experience too much. And so I don't know too much about that. But I feel like the idea of ghosts and the afterlife and this energy and manifestations of those sorts of things isn't necessarily something you should be afraid of because yeah. it's just a thing, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't see how or why ghosts would really be harming us unless... You murdered someone or are a terrible person and a lot of people are out to get you. Yeah. I don't think you have anything to worry about, so. Agreed. Maybe they're just saying hi. Could be. Anyway, we are not experts, we're just fascinated. You can subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts to hear us again next week. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
If you have information to add to this week's topic, please email us at friendsfascinated at gmail.com to be featured at the beginning of a future episode. We can't wait to blow your mind with more curiosities next week. You've just listened to another episode of Friends Fascinated. Thanks for listening! Thank you.